Welcome to the Farm Bids Podcast. Farm Bids is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture Team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The Farm Bids Podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, FarmBits followers, and welcome to another episode of the FarmBits podcast. I'm Kelsey Swantek. And I'm Taylor Cross, and we're happy you're here with us today as we continue our topic of automation and robotics in crop and livestock production. Today, we're joined by Chad and Ben Johnson, a father-son duo and the co-founders of Grainweevil, a grain bin management robot. After being challenged by a family friend to build a robot to take the place of a human entering a grain bin, they built what is now known as the Grainweevil robot. We don't want to give away too much, so let's get to our interview with Chad and Ben of Green. I'm Ben. I uh, grew up in Aurora, Nebraska. Um, Just recently graduated from Nebraska Omaha in electrical engineering. Um, Passionate about robots. Um, Started in high school um, with some competitive robotics teams that we were working with. Um, Got to do some startup work. For a startup in Chicago, um, and that's really where I thought, hey, maybe I could, maybe I could work on robots as a profession, um, and that's what led me down the path of electrical engineering, um, and that's why I'm here. And I'm Chad Johnson. I'm the CEO of the Grain Weevil Corporation. Um, as you can tell, we are a father-son <laughs> um, partnership. Uh, at the very beginning, when we started to explain how this uh, company worked. Um, we always used to say that uh, I'm responsible for providing opportunities and Benjamin builds the ro- robots. So that's kind of how this all goes as, as a father-son duo. Awesome. So Grain Weevil has kind of a cool backstory. Can you guys share a little bit about that and what actually influenced you to take action and create this company? Yeah, so a couple of years ago now, maybe four or five now, <laughs> um, in high school, I was building robots for that startup in Chicago, um, just for some side cash and to learn about the industry of startups, um, just some prototyping really was all it was. Um, and a family friend of ours saw that robot that we built for them um, at church and said, hey, if you can build that robot, then you should be able to build me a robot so I don't have to get into the bins and so my kids don't have to get into the grain bins. But we, we'd never been in a bin before. We had no idea what it meant, like <laughs> no idea what they did in the bins, how dangerous it was, how horrible of a job it was. I just knew that's where they put grain and to store it. <laughs> that's about the extent of our knowledge at the time. Um, so we started doing some research. Um, we had our background in robotics, so we could apply what we knew already about robotics to see and try and find a solution um, to help our family friend out was really what all it was. Um, we just took it on as a fun project. Um, and eventually it turned out to be something that could help a lot of people. And that's why we started a company and, um, really started pushing it. Um, but at at the start, it was just, let's build a fun project to help our friend (laughs) out and keep him out of the bin because it sounds like hard work. So let's do that. (laughs) That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so what actually is Grain Weevil and where are you at today as a company? Um, Ricardo, you're like on the beta testing phase right now, right? Yes. So we have six functional prototypes right now. Um, and we started out with a 
completely safety focused, um, figure out the tasks that are most dangerous for farmers. Um, and as we started that, that was breaking up crusts and bridges, that was um, feeding the augers as, as you're extracting grain. Uh, but as we've developed, um, there's a lot more of the capabilities since we can actually manipulate the grain, uh, we can level the grain bins, we can disperse fines and, and broken materials um, to kind of replace that spreader. Uh, and then we can actually um, feed that uh, grain down into the augers as it's extracting that makes it much more efficient in that process. Um, so then we started learning more about, you know, the grain quality process. Um, so our robot can improve grain quality um, over time. Uh, sorry, it keeps grain from deteriorating. It doesn't improve the quality once it's in there. Uh, um, and then the workflow efficiency. So we really started to see that there's a lot more to it than just safety. Um, so we are doing on the farm testing. Um, we finished up our harvest and, and leveling testing to collect data and, and go through all of those processes. We're building a couple of new robots with some new um, changes. And then we'll start doing a lot of the extraction testing as they start to, to sell off their grain this spring. Awesome. So you mentioned kind of some of the things that uh, this robot's capable of, but when you were designing this kind of just and took it as a fun project, what were some of like the initial requirements that you knew that you wanted this robot to be able to accomplish? The first goal was to drive on the surface of the grain. We weren't entirely sure how to accomplish that. We tested a few different ideas. Um, we, we tried tank treads with paddles. We tried some just horrible ideas in retrospect. Um, but eventually we landed on the idea of farmers have been using augers to move grain for hundreds of years. So let's attach augers to our robot and use those as our mode of transportation. Um, and we are now finding out that we can accomplish a lot more than just moving on the grain. Um, so not only does the auger system allow us to drive on the grain, but we are able to manipulate the grain as well. Um, so a lot of what we're doing breaks down to adding energy into the grain and allowing gravity to do a lot of the work. So grain will come to what's called the angle of repose. So it'll once you're done filling, it'll be at that peak. Um, and then we can drive on that and just encourage that to flow downwards. So we're able to level the bin, same thing on the way out. Um, and, and those augers are what allows us to do that and get through there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. No, no need to reinvent the wheel, right? We've been using augers for this long. Exactly. So for our <laughs> listeners that have not seen Grain Weevil, I don't want to like downgrade what it is, but essentially it kind of looks like a square Roomba on augers, correct? That's a very good description, yes. <laughs> okay, um, it's really cool looking. If you guys haven't checked it out, you should definitely go do that. Um, but what are some of the advantages or the benefits that you guys have seen Grain Weevil um, kind of offer to its potential users? Well, because it's the, the first <laughs> robot that can maneuver and manipulate the grain at the same time, um, we can completely rethink the approach. Um, we're actually able to drive on flow so as the grain is coming in, we can manipulate and manage and map that grain. So we can actually give you a 3D um, graphic of the volume of grain in your grain bin, the grain quality, 
um, temperature, moisture, uh, and we can identify maybe problem spots. Um, and we're also using a camera system to be able to eventually teach it to, to see grain quality, whether there's a, a big pile of broken material or foreign materials and broken grain, or whether it's, hey, you know, there's some bad looking corn here and, and mark that location so you kind of know. Uh, so that's completely different because you would never put a human in there when grain's coming in. Um, so it opens up a whole lot of different opportunities on how you manage your grain bin. Um, so that's been really kind of the cool piece of, of us being a, a small, it's lightweight and portable, um, but the mobile robot is what's unique. Um, it's, it's the first time you can have a sensor package that can maneuver across the whole surface of the grain and pinpoint locations um, where a lot of sensor packages give you you know, the rope sensors are attached in one location and only give you a little area around those sensors. Um, so, so that mobility is really what allows us to, to somewhat change how folks are managing the grain bins now. Yeah, so that's really awesome. And uh, you mentioned that's equipped with, you know, like moisture and temperature sensors. Um, can you briefly talk about the sensors that this robot's equipped with and if there's anything else um, technology-wise that has been implemented on this robot? Yeah, so right now we have a very basic uh, sensor package that we're using with our trials. So we're gathering temperature, um, moisture through a humidity sensor, um, and then we can do grain quality images through our camera system. Um, and, and we'll have to train that to, to detect those, um, those differences between, okay, what we're looking at here is corn. Um, it's obviously going to be a lot different than soybeans, so we need to be able to differentiate between broken material and corn, foreign material and corn for all the other different grains. Um, and that's gonna be an interesting process. Um, but then we can also detect things like crusts and clumps of grain because we can measure how much power is required to drive through the grain. Um, and that's different for each grain as well, which another um, process for us to teach the robot is um, if we're driving through some 15% moisture corn, um, and it's a pretty constant speed and we hit a spot that is clumped up, we can detect that and say, hey, all right, there's a problem spot here. Let's, let's churn that up. Let's mix that up, break up that crust and stop it from spreading and causing more issues. Um, so that's really the most important thing that we talk about is um, not only can we figure out that there is a problem, but a lot of the times we'll be able to address it and mitigate that problem and stop it from causing more issues inside the bin. Yeah, out of curiosity, um, what kind of cameras are, is it equipped with, like multispectral, um, thermal? So we're in the process of prototyping with a few different options gotcha. right now. Um, we're actually using some overhead cameras right now to do some of our um, tracking of the robot. Um, as we're teaching it to do a lot of these tasks on its own, um, we're, we're equipping it with um, a set of sensors that will eventually allow it to do these tasks. Um, we'll use some ultrasonic sensors, just those general positioning sensor sensors. Um, but right now we're we're using some overhead, um, and then there will be a first-person view uh, camera on the robot that'll allow us to do inspections um, for your grain bin if you want to go look for a problem with your phone, or for our um, our computer vision to detect any problems inside the bin. Okay, so you touched on it briefly in your previous answer, but um... We're in Nebraska, so I think we just think about corn all the time. What grains does this actually work with? Can it be 
anything and everything that goes into a bin or what have you figured out with that? Yeah, it actually can maneuver and manipulate on almost every granular substance. Um, and we've tested on, we'll see if I can get the whole list, right? <laughs> um, corn, soybeans, popcorn, uh, a strange peas and oats mix that was a cover crop. Uh, we've done wheat, milo, rice, um, pinto beans. Is that all? And we're getting ready to go test um, later this spring on pistachios and some some different nuts. Wow! Uh, to see um, and yeah, and pretty much the same robot um, works on all of those granular substances. Um, so what needs to change is, and some we can move the augers faster. Some we have to slow them down. I mean, so the operation of the robot might need to change, uh, but for the most part, the the setup and structure of the robot works perfectly fine on all of those different. Uh, grains and substances. Wow, that's awesome. That's really cool. I did not expect the list to be that <laughs> diverse. Yes. Wow. Very extensive. So do, is there a requirement for someone to be on site when the robot is in the bin? I know you're all still going through prototyping, and but is there like a remote control or you sit on the outside and you're watching what it's doing? Will it be fully autonomous? Um, just kind of where are y'all at with that and where you hope to be, I guess? So right now we are still driving the robot with remote control. Um, we recently had the ability to, so I can drive the robot from the cab of the truck with VR goggles or just a little screen, um, which is really nice um, for those long tasks like leveling a bin. Um, but before it's out there in the farmer's hands, um, a lot of those tasks will be fully autonomous. So he will be able to have the robot in the bin tell it to level the bin, go home for the night and come back and it should be done. Um, and so that may differ for the different tasks. You know, there's more intensive um, situations like when you're unloading the bin, um, the farmer will be there obviously. Um, and so we'll be assisting in that and they'll have that information on their device um, and be able to tell it, hey, okay, we're done for the day, dock um, or level the bin to finish off the day um, so he'll have full control. They'll have full control with their device um, of the robot and be able to tell it what to do. And most of that should be fully autonomous. That's really awesome. Um, is this system, does it utilize machine learning in any way to kind of um, monitor its progress and kind of get to know the bin it's actually in? Um, yeah, I mean, the machine learning buzzword is is interesting. It It interacts with the environment around it. So with all the sensor packages, the location, it, it knows um, uh, what bin it's in, knows the size of the bin, it knows if the bin has any accessories, um, and it can identify that. Um, and then it can um, alter its tasks based on that. Um, it will be able to detect what grain it's in. And, and um, so, so yes, um, it does learn. Um, and the cool part is uh, also, uh, with each system that's that's built, um, we can do over the air updates. Um, so if we're working on a system and it learns how to do a new task, we can push that out to all the other robots. Um, so it's it's like your Tesla getting its its monthly updates to make it more efficient. Those are all pieces that we're building into it. Um, so yeah, it is it is self aware, um, and it will start to be able to figure out better ways to do the the tasks. Um, and and we'll, so it'll continuously be able to to improve its efficiencies. 
back to the remote control and um, being able to watch it um, from the outside of the bin. Have you run into any when you first, I'm, you know, making the prototypes, have you ever run into any like connectivity issues with, um, you know, being around metal bins and kind of uh, what is that connectivity? Is it radio frequency or? We definitely have had a lot of issues with that and are still, um, as we are expanding to add more to the device, it, there's still some issues we have to overcome with the metal walls. Um, we are using LoRa communication, which is uh, radio frequency um, for our remote control currently. That will be phased out as we stop driving the robot um, with a remote control. Um, but that's some of the stuff we're working really hard on right now is the connectivity of um, the robot to the farmer's device. Um, and to the cloud as well for those over-the-air updates um, and that, that data part as well so that the farmer can check what's going on at the bin from his couch um, or tell it to level the bin from the couch. That's all pretty awesome features that we really want to build in. Um, so we're, we're working on building out a network um, on the farm, on the grain bin to be able to tell the robot what to do and then send that information back to the farmer. We're, we're probably going to use a combination of of Wi-Fi um, and and some of that lower frequency, that radio frequency. So you guys mentioned um, the, the docking station. Is that physically in the bin? Do you have to fish him out and put him there? How does that work? I keep calling it him. It's probably an it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we name it all kinds of different things. Each one has <laughs> different names. And so we can call it whatever. Um, so what we're working on, so right now we have a winching system that we manually take it um, to the top of the grain bin, and then it can raise and lower it to the surface of the grain. Um, soon, um, we basically call it our, our safety door docking. Um, we'll put a, a dock over the door. Um, it will be able to pick up the robot from the ground, take it into the grain bin, drop it off. The grain bin or the robot will run until its batteries are low or task is done. Um, it pulls it back up into the dock so that it can charge outside of the grain bin. Um, so the robot has to be able to function within the dust explosion environment, but all the docking and charging and all of that will take place outside of the dust environment. Um, so that's a really big piece of, of the safety aspect of, of the robot. So yes, it, it automatically raises and lowers it to the surface of the grain, whether you're, you're empty or full. Um, and the robot knows when it needs to come back and automatically dock. Um, they can pick it back up. Um, and then if you want to leave it in each grain bin, um, it will just dock up there and stay. Um, or um, if you want to be able to use one robot on multiple grain bins, each bin will have that dock um, on the bin. And then you can move robots from bin to bin. Uh, so it has that capability as well. That'll be really cool to have that. Um built in. Um, speaking of batteries, how long is the battery life um, currently on the robot and how long is the longevity do you foresee in, you know, maybe your finished product? How often will a farmer have to, you know, send it in for service or get a new one, replace it? So right now we're, we're, while we're still driving the robot, it's looking at around an hour and a half battery life um which allows us to get a, to accomplish a lot but when we start talking about leveling a 48 foot bin 
we're looking at about nine and a half, 10 hours to accomplish that task. Um, so there's quite a few cycles of charging there, um, but that will improve as the efficiency of the robot driving itself. You know, right now I'm just driving it like a race car, essentially going as fast as I can. Um, but so the robot will be much more efficient than I am. Um, and, but we're also in the, right now actually testing some new batteries um, that really help with our safety certification that we were talking about, um, but also will help us with our longevity um, of the total robot as it gets older. Um, these, you can puncture these batteries, you can cut them in half and they don't explode or have any problems. They work from, what was it? Negative 30 degrees Celsius to 130 degrees Celsius, no problem which is also a pretty big factor inside of grain bins. You know, we're working in Tennessee where it gets really hot and we're working in South Dakota where it gets freezing cold. So, um, so that's really important. Um, so we're look, we're hoping we're shooting for about three hours of battery life. Um, and then it'll automatically charge itself so that the farmer doesn't have to intervene. And the new battery packs, um, part of their, their, great feature is a super fast charging so right now we're running well we got one robot that we've eked out to two hours uh, and to run for two hours it takes four hours to charge uh, with our new battery packs it'll run for about 90 minutes and take about 20 minutes to charge um, so it completely changes the workflow um, with with this new battery technology that we're getting um, so so that's really cool the other piece, um, we had been planning on a three to five year replacement process. Um, and most of that is because of batteries. Uh, but these batteries are, um, they're guaranteed for 10 years. Um, so so it's a, it extends our life, um, but we'll have a network of service. Um, we need to check the robots every year to make sure they stay um, safe, uh, to, to keep our certifications for the safety features. Um, so we'll always have um, someone be able to come and check your robots and make sure that they're ready. Um, and if there's a problem, they, they'll get swapped out and, and those things. So the farmer, the, the idea behind this thing is this robot's going to be an easy button. They're, they're going to say, I want robots. And then they're going to say, I want the robot to do this. And that's all they'll have to worry about. That's awesome. I know farmers a lot of the times like to do things the hard way, but I love when there's like a easier route to do things. I think that's so good for them. Um, we've talked a lot to this point about what the grain removal can do. Can we talk for a minute about what it can't do and what problems it faces in the bin? Is there any um, problems with trash or debris in the bin or those clumps you were talking about? How does it handle all that? I would say one of the biggest asks that we get from farmers is can it sweep the floor when we're done pulling out um, and it can't right now um, that's one of those things that we someday may figure out um, it's on our it's on our checklist but it's pretty <laughs> far down to the bottom um, so that that's an interesting question we always get um, but then just like general functionality that questions that we get is you know does it dive down and it, it doesn't um, it works on the surface of the grain the physics of diving down into the grain are um, we would not be able to accomplish what we can if we were also doing that, um, but it can dig out if it gets buried. So we've tested five feet deep um, and we need to continue testing that um, deeper and deeper just to make sure. But at the time we only had one robot, so 
we didn't want to bury it and not get it back. <laughs> <laughs> we do have um, the the idea that we're building in, like it's got anti-flip over code. It's got all of these features, but we know at some point the robot's going to run out of battery in the middle of the grain bin. So we're working on a process of, of how do you rescue a robot without putting a human in there to rescue it? Um, so a second robot rescue is possible. And, and we've thought through a lot of those scenarios uh, or in some cases, especially if it's an extreme, like a bridge collapsed and, and the robot got buried underneath 20 feet of grain. Um, well, you, you just pull out the rest of the grain that you can pull out. Um, you, you can open up a side because now we can level. Um, you don't have to pull just from your center auger anymore. Um, like, and not worry about get out of balance because we can level that grain down towards that, that side. Um, and, and then rescue the robot after the grains out and be thankful that it wasn't you. Mm -hmm. um, so there's Absolutely. a few of those challenges. Um, that we still have some some logistics to work out, uh, but we are building the the capability of, of it to um, know when it's falling and rescue itself. Um, we have the capabilities. They're extremely powerful. Um, each of our motors um, on the robot are about the size of a pop can, um, and they can produce six horsepower each. Um, and so we don't let it do that. I mean, it, it, it would throw grain out of the grain bin if we let it do that. <laughs> But when it starts to get buried, we can unleash that ability so it can climb out from way deep in the rain. That's really cool. Do you ever foresee, you know, would y'all implement two of these robots in the same bin? Have y'all, you know, tested that before? What's kind of, I know there's some really large bins in certain parts of the U.S., um, and I'm kind of thinking back towards uh, where I'm from in uh, Southeast Virginia, we don't have as large of a grain um, producing farms in the area. So we have smaller grain bins. So kind of what's it look like for the robots capacity of the grain bin? We're, so we're estimating that one robot can manage a 48 foot bin on its own. Um, when you start to look larger than that, we, we think that more than one robot is the best idea for that, but it really comes down to what the farmer needs. You know, what is their time frame that they have to level the bin? If it doesn't matter how long it takes, one robot theoretically could do it um, in a 75 foot bin, whatever, whatever it is. Um, so when it gets to the, it's just about the workflows of the farmer. You know, um, if if they need us to spread out that material while you're filling it up. Um, and they have trucks coming in every five minutes. Um, there, it may be better to have two robots in there. Um, and that's, that's just really what we're going to have to figure out with our trials. You know, we've been testing mostly in those medium to small size bins, um, but we'll, we're going to get multiple robots in there um, and we're designing them to be able to work together. Um, so that's what we call the swarm. Um, so instead of designing larger robots to do more work, um, we're designing the robot to be able to work together, know that they're there so they're not running into each other um, and be able to do those tasks together. Yeah, that'll be really helpful for yeah, those larger bins. Awesome. Um, so is there, we talked about when the grain gets low, it can't actually sweep it out for you. That is one, uh, one thing the farmer will still have to do. But is there kind of a certain number of bushels left in the grain or even like a five foot, one foot deep that it kind of becomes useless at that point, And that's when you would send the farmer in. Do you have a number on that? 
we don't have an exact number. It really comes down to um, as we're, if we're trying to move grain, if it's already level, then our robot has to do a lot more work. So it takes a much longer time for it to, to maneuver um, that grain. Um, but as far as like the depth, we can drive on six to eight inches of grain. It doesn't matter if we hit the bottom. Um, we can actually drive on the bottom of the, of the grain bin. It's just doesn't function that well. So we're not able to, to do that final sweep. Um, but the process for that extraction is really cool because um, just normal 48 foot bin, 15% corn, you pull it out, you usually have about 12 foot sidewalls. Um, and we're gonna bring that down to almost level before you even start your sweep augers. Um, so, so we bring that down to almost level, you pull your sweep auger, um, and then we'll run parallel to the sweep auger and feed that sweep auger a consistent amount of grain to make that process way more efficient, which then only leaves you a little bit of grain that, that it, the sweep auger didn't actually pick up. Um, so we're, we're talking a, a dusting in uh, the inch. I mean, it's, it's very little. Um, we often say right now we can replace that farmer with a shovel soon we'll be able to replace that farmer with a broom. That's really cool. I like that analogy there. So grain weevil is in the beginning stages of research still. You're still on that testing phase, but do you have a way to quantify at this point the impacts that grain weevil has had on the farmers that it's being tested on in their operations or even the industry as a whole? So we don't have, uh, mostly what we've been testing so far are the ability to do the tasks, and then um, the, the work flows around that. So we're starting to see um, things like uh, our robot can level a grain bin in the same amount of hours that a human can. Um, so so we're, we're able to compare the abilities of the robot to that, that human component. Um, we are getting now started into a lot more of the, the actual quantification of of that impact and we'll, we'll be doing much more scientific studies um, over the course of this next year. Now that we've proven the, the use cases, we know that we can run on flow. So now we gotta actually measure how much of those fines and, and broken materials do we spread out when we um, run, when the loads are coming in. Um, and we'll actually build tests to measure that. Um, and also one of the other big ones that we'll, we'll define um, is the, the concern that our robot actually damages the grain. Um, we haven't seen that so far, um, but we actually haven't done a scientific study on that either. Um, so we'll set those studies up. We, we got a, a, a whole set of research that we're working on that will help us quantify those impacts. Um, but yeah, so, so far it's been task oriented. Um, now we're starting to work on the impact um, quantification. Yeah, some of those questions I imagine, you know, will be some of the first from growers and such. So I think I, the number I saw on your website was 20 farmers, I think, um, died in grain bin accidents in, that was 2020, 2020 right? Yeah. And I know that sounds, for the number of farmers in the U.S., that sounds like a small number, but every time I see those stories or hear those stories, that's just such a preventable problem, I think. Yeah, so, so the statistics are very vague. Um, it's approximately 20 people died in a, in a grain bin um, entrapment in 2020. Um, over the course of, of time, that varies. 
Um, and there's not collecting that data is very difficult. Um, we assume that that's about two thirds of what really happens. Um, and then that doesn't include all of the near misses. That doesn't include the successful rescues. Mm -hmm. That doesn't include the um, the, the entanglements uh, where they lose a, an arm or a leg. Um, and, and really it also um, leaves out the, the, the long-term effects like farmer's lung. Um, so, so there's a, the, those numbers while, yeah, you know, say there's 2 million farms that, that grow you know, cereal grains in the United States. And so 20 people dying doesn't sound like, like a huge number, um, but it goes well beyond that in the safety aspect. Um, and then we think that it is preventable. Um, those, those accidents are preventable and, and we, wanted, we wanna be a tool that helps in that process. Absolutely. That's, that's really cool. Farm safety is something that is never going to be talked about enough. And I hate that, but I love that you guys are starting that conversation and say, we can save 20 people a year. 20 people may only be 20 people, but it's also 20 people that it's not being taken away from their families. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, that is super awesome. It's kind of circling back to um, those questions that, you know, growers are going to have. Are growers and farmers the only people you're marketing this product to? Who do you foresee your customer? Who do you foresee your customers being? So we started the company for the farmer. You know, that's our main focus is farm safety. Um, but we see use cases in the commercial side as well, um, as well as specialty crops. We mentioned we're testing on um, some nuts later. Um, and that, that's going to be really interesting for, for us. Um, it could give us some early opportunities as we're working through our certification process, um, those places aren't the same dust environment. So we can um, potentially have some opportunities there to get some early revenue um, before that certification is finished. So is there anything that we didn't talk about today that we should have asked or anything y'all last words you want to say before we wrap it up with our last two questions? Um, yeah, I think it's very important to, to have the discussion about um, the ag tech culture that's going on in Nebraska. Um, we are, we're, we're a robotic startup building a robot that no one's ever seen before in a town of less than 5,000 people in the middle of nowhere. Um, we're not at MIT. We're not at Silicon Valley. I mean, we are here solving a problem for the people that are here. Um, and I think it's extremely important because there's, there's a culture here of, you know, with Invest Nebraska and the Combine. There's um, the American Farm Bureau Ag Innovation Challenge. Three of the final four were ag robots from the state of Nebraska. Um, there's so many opportunities here and that those opportunities just keep growing. Um, and, and so I think it's important to, to have that discussion because we have farmers who are willing to help and adopt and, and lead technology, um, give us the opportunities to test in their grain bins, give us suggestions, tell us we're completely off base. You know, we're building that network um, um, to engage the actual producers. Uh, but then there's the prototyping grants and, and all of these things that are starting to come together um, here in Nebraska that have helped our company more than you guys could possibly imagine. 
Um, and it's really fun. We have a patent lawyer that lives three houses away. We have a, an OSHA compliance officer that's two houses away and, and a pick and place electronics company just around the block. And, you know, we have all of these things out in rural Nebraska, not, not just Lincoln and Omaha either. And, uh, but that culture is growing and it's a great place to, to have an idea that solves a problem and get the help you need to to launch a new company or to solve a real problem. Yeah, that's super cool. Nebraska does seem to be really innovative. And I think uh, one of the big things that allows Nebraska to be so innovative in the ag world is these farmers like wanting, you know, a change and wanting to, you know, make their farm more efficient and to do these things. And I think it's really awesome that y'all could see that need and create something to help those farmers. Even something as simple as having that conversation like you guys had with the right person. And I assume you agree with this, Taylor, but it seems like every time we come up with ideas for new episodes, it's like, I've never heard of that. And I do my research a little bit and it's like, wow, this guy is in Lincoln. He does this already. Or you guys are in Aurora. Like so many of our interviews come from Nebraska. And every time I'm amazed at how, how much is going on in Nebraska in the digital ag world. It's so cool. Yeah. I moved to a good state, I guess. <laughs> yes, you did. There's a lot of opportunity. It's opportunity. super exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So where can our listeners go to learn more if they're interested in the green weevil or have more questions for you guys? So the, the, the quickest and easiest is go to our website. There's lots of information and videos, um, links to all of the articles and things. And that's uh, grainweevil.com. Um, and then we also use Twitter as the, the most common um, social media. And it's at grain underscore weevil. Um, that's our Twitter handle. And and we set up some highlight videos every once in a while and, and share information about our progress there. Uh, and then they can also just um, email us um, pretty easy. It's chat at grainweevil.com, ben at grainweevil.com, um, or hello at grainweevil.com. <laughs> um, this is kind of some inside information, but do you guys have a date that you're thinking you're wanting it to hit the market. I know we always have goals and they don't always happen that way, but do you guys have a date in mind for that, that you can share with me? <laughs> we have a target. Um, we're really shooting to, to have it market ready by the end of this year. Um, whether that's pre-orders to get manufactured in the first part of 2023. Um, but it really, really depends on how long it takes us to get that, um, intrinsically safe dust explosion certification. Um, we can't sell a robot until we have the stamp of approval that it will never cause a problem in a grain bin. Um, and that's kind of out of our control. So whatever that process is ready, we should be ready with all of the other features. That's awesome. That's so exciting. We'll make sure to keep up with you guys on social media for that release date. That's exciting. Yeah, so the last one, last question, it's one of our traditions here on the Farm Bits podcast. We ask for any advice or words of wisdom from our um, guests here. So is there any wisdom, advice for farmers and also entrepreneurs? Um, Y'all are a startup and kind of came up with this idea on your own. So what do you have to share with our listeners today? I would just suggest for the young entrepreneurs, the students that are listening to keep your ears open um, and, and listen for those pain points that farmers have. Um, we didn't have any idea how bad it was, but we heard a farmer say, hey, this is pretty horrible work. Um, and that was the spark that started the company really. Um, and so, yeah, just 
keep your eyes and ears open and look for those problems. Try to try to figure out those problems and solve them. And I think, you know, my advice um, for the farmers, for the entrepreneurs um, and for the students is to get involved with that culture. Start finding folks in, in your area that are talking about innovation and, you know, come talk to us and, and ask us questions about innovation. Um, I think, I think you're, the listeners will be surprised at what's all going on in Nebraska that gets people excited, make a connection. Oh, we're doing some battery stuff over here. Oh, we're doing you know some Laura Wan communication stuff over here. Um, and it really just starts to, to the more people participate, um, the more innovation that takes place. And, and that's the exciting part about what's Thank you very much to Chad and Ben Johnson for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Bits podcast. It's really exciting to hear how Grain Weevil came about and the capabilities their prototype is in now and all the stages and challenges they've come across. I think one of my favorite parts of this episode was probably the um, capabilities that this robot had, not only, you know, moving grain that was, you know, stationary or flowing, but it also could create a model of the grain that was in the bins and all the different sensors it was equipped with to get data from that stored grain. Kind of give you that status of your grain that's already in the bin. That's really cool. Yeah. I loved hearing about the safety features of it. I'm a big, I'm a big safety person and farm safety. You can never go too far with farm safety because there's so many preventable accidents that happen on the farm and grain entrapment and grain bin injuries in general is a really big one. Oh yeah. And we talked about that in the interview too. I think that's so cool that they're, that they had a conversation with a friend after church. Yeah. And now there's a safety grain bin robot, basically. Yeah. I think so, that's so cool. Really awesome. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we look forward to sharing another digital ag story with you next week. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Bits podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the reviews section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bits.